ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We're putting this one to tape. That's old school radio term, early 90s. Uh, on a Thursday, just afternoon, President's Cup week, less than an hour away from seeing the matches get going in the Queen City. I was up in Charlotte for a few days, got back late last night. But we can always carve out time, Brentley, to talk a little bit of college golf, regardless of what's happening. Did you do radio back in the day, Burko? That's how I started. I was a radio guy uh, through and through. We, uh, four and a half years out of college in Columbia, South Carolina before I'm joining. Now, yeah, that was definitely not spinning any vinyl, strictly sports. I stayed in my lane, as I know you stay in your lane, right? We play to our strengths. Yeah. I mean, we got President's Cup matches. I'm going to be working this afternoon, but it's time to, co- it's time to talk college golf. I'm, I'm very fortunate that we have this little morning buffer where there's no professional golf being played and we can just get down to what we do best absolutely we'll talk about the ladies and the men what happened this past week also a little bit later on in this edition of the pod michael thor bjornson the standout from stanford will join us we're gonna have a little bit of fun with him but before we get to michael we're gonna take care of some business as you know college golf talk brought to you by velocity global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries in all 50 United States. The world of work, we know it now. It is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. And more than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration And they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf. Let's start with the ladies. The Mercedes-Benz Intercollegiate, hosted by the Volunteers of Tennessee. And how about the rally? Final day by Wake Forest, a team we have discussed early in the fall Very easy to put a lot of focus on Stanford, and those women have earned every bit of the press they get. But Wake Forest, at least early on in this fall, saying, don't forget about us. We're pretty darn good as well, and they proved it once again. Yeah, this is one of those tournaments where, yeah, they only beat UCF by three shots, but I think the ability to 
come back, rally on the final day. I mean, there's something to be said about that and, and what that does in making a team better. Because, I mean, we've seen it before. A lot of times, I don't want to throw out the C word, but some teams get complacent when they start winning and it's all coming easy. For the Demon Deacons to have this experience and having to come from third to first on the final day, yes, they got a little bit of help uh, from uh, from Virginia, who shot one under, uh, which was 11 shots worse than Wake. But uh, to be able to just kind of come together and say, hey, we're, we're not going to lose this tournament, uh, and they were able to do it. So, um, I mean, that, to me, this is almost just as impressive as as the win last week. Yeah, you think about the rally late UCF. How about them? 18 under par. And you touched on Virginia. This is two events now in the fall where I think they could have made a huge statement and a couple times in a row now. The final rounds, not quite up to what they were able to do uh, the first couple of days. It's a three-round event, college golf, as we know. I mean, you can't just show up two days, but I, I think they'll figure it out. I mean, this is a balanced team. Amanda Sandbach has turned into a, a bona fide superstar. And going back to my Golden Knights for a second, and I, I don't know if they're still called the Golden Knights. I think they're just the Knights now. But uh, when, when I went there, they were they were the Golden Knights. Uh, probably best nickname in college golf, uh, Pimpasa uh, Thom, her, her nickname is Sandwich. So I, I, Sandwich. I don't know... I don't know why uh, that's something that we'll have to uncover, uh, use our reporting skills and, and figure it out. But yeah, you've got to get to the cool bottom nickname. of that. And it, it depends on what kind of sandwich too. I mean, are we talking about like a club or like a, I don't know, like a hot dog. I mean, I, cause a hot dog's a sandwich. Um, give me, give me tuna on rye toast. Oh, see, I'm, I'm old. See, I I'm, hate just, rye I'm just bread. old. I oh. so rye bread to me. It's just it, it doesn't taste good. I, I love tuna. I love chicken salad. I can do that. I'm not a I'm not opposed to mayo, but rye bread. There's just something about it that just it just doesn't it doesn't agree with my taste buds. Next I think, time I think my favorite is a French dip. I like a really good French dip. Next time you're up north, whenever you're up north, go get a proper loaf of rye bread from New York City. Anywhere up in the northeast, Jersey? Jersey or New I, York. Either way, either way, you can't lose. Well, I know up there, everything's different. They say it's the water, the bagels are better, the pizza is better. But tell me after one of those journeys, and then if you don't like it, I, I will allow you to uh, stay in your lane once again. But I'll eat all the rye bread I can possibly get. But, yeah, really good week by UCF, a strong showing once again by Virginia. And then Michigan, you touched on the fact of really good, could potentially be special but when you don't have Ashley Lau in the lineup perhaps the lack of experience um, could be something that that might be slightly concerning for head coach Dan Dowling yeah and if if she ends up you know getting through Q school uh, second stage which is next month and then decides to turn pro and play Q series I think this um, this is a little bit of a concerning thing because as we mentioned, there's five seniors on this team, but if you don't have Ashley Lau, one of those two freshmen uh, that Jam brought in is going to have to be thrust into the lineup and and be expected to produce. And at, right now, um, I, I would say that uh, probably maybe a four or five out of ten on the the uh, concern scale. 
Yeah, still a lot has to play itself out. But um, as we know, my wife, uh, stand out at Michigan. Uh, All of Famer. Her days. Well, you know, she's she's up there. She's actually on her way up to uh, Ohio now for another Hall of Fame induction. It's very relative. Are you in any Hall of Fames? Berkeley? No, no. Are you a no, Hall of Famer? No, no I am yeah. absolutely Just not. At home. But you're you're at home yeah, home. I'm I'm a Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame dad, dad, which is all that matters. But uh, yeah, my better half. Um, proud of her making the journey up for another uh, induction back in her old stomping grounds. Um, we digress. We we get back to the Hall of Fame players in college golf. And how about uh, your takeaways from the memorial? Um, hosted by Texas A&M. And, you know, we were intrigued by what head coach Gary Chadwell did in his first year there, making it uh, into match play at Greyhawk. And, man, there's something there. The whole dynamic has changed, in my opinion, uh, in College Station. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of question on how would they build off of what most would consider a surprise run to the semifinals last year. And they've kind of proven so far that they're not they're not about a, a sophomore slump here, you know, so to speak. And I think one of the things, obviously, Jenny Park has been uh, playing some great golf. Zoe Slaughter is just a consistent presence in that lineup, very talented. But getting Haley Cooper back to a level that we saw her at as a junior when she was a five-time AJGA All-American, even as a freshman at the University of Texas, she was the uh, Big 12 freshman of the year. I believe she was the Big 12 player of the year as well. And then she was also first team All-American, but hadn't, hadn't finished in the top 10 uh, in a college event since her freshman year when she won an event called the Bruzzy Challenge it, during that spring. All of a sudden now she has back-to-back top 10s and talking with Garrett coming into the season, he, he had mentioned to me, like, don't be surprised because I was asking him about his team. And obviously he had everyone coming back and you have Blanca Fernandez Garcia and all these talented players. And I didn't really bring up Haley Cooper because she hadn't really played all that well since transferring, but he goes, you know, just so you know, like Haley's been playing incredible golf right now. Don't be surprised if she makes noise and lo and behold, look what's happened. Yeah, even par on that final day for A&M, four-shot victory over the Longhorns, who shot seven over on that last day. Nice final uh, round charge by the Tar Heels. Florida in the mix as well. They fell back, ultimately finished fourth. But good to see some different teams, if you will, making some statements early in the fall, potentially lending itself to uh, the prospects for some good springs from maybe teams we don't necessarily think of. And it's still early, but just something to put on the radar. Think about as this fall moves along, as we go from the women to the men. And all I look at on our rundown, people might say, how do we go about it? Brentley owns the rundown. This is where we need to go. I try to navigate us through it all. And all you put is craziness at the Ram <laughs> Masters. What, what was so crazy about what Colorado State did. Well, we've we've been for the last two weeks, whether it's been on this podcast or on television or, you know, just talking uh, amongst ourselves, we've been talking about this kind of red number epidemic or whatever you want to call it in college golf. And that I guess it wouldn't be an epidemic. I, I guess it would just be like a trend or, you know, something like that. But there's a lot of low scores. There's a lot of records that continue to be broken. We've nearly had 359s on the men's side. 
and all of a sudden I, I and, and shout out and I don't have time to go look at it, but someone someone kind of tipped me off to this and I, I forget who it was. I think it might have been one of the coaches, um, maybe the coach at South Dakota. Anyways, I'm, I'm getting lost in the weeds here. I get a message and ju- it's just a screenshot of golf stat where in the top above the leaderboard and it gives the tournament director or who's ever controlling the scores um, ability to write stuff, whether it's what the weather forecast is, or if there's a suspension in play or just whatever someone needs to know. And it's like six lines deep. It's all red type. And let me just read it real quickly. Cause and it says, congrats to Elliot Bunya Virach. Uh, I'm just butchered that uh, UC <laughs> San Diego for his ace on number two with an eight iron in the first round, but it's not done yet. Creighton, Sean Campbell, with the hole-in-one in round two with the pitching wedge on the ninth. KP from Texas A&M Corpus Christi adds his own ace on the 14th this afternoon. And we're not done yet. UNC's Garrett Willis with the double eagle on number one in the second with an eight iron from 210 yards. First off, eight iron from 210 yards. That, that's a problem, and we know it, uh, you know, Maybe some altitude, but that's still. <laughs> but the, yeah, well, that's true. That's, it that's it is the re- Fort Collins. That's the three reason. Three hole in ones. Yeah. Three hole in ones in an albatross or a double eagle. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what side of the coin you're on with that, but that's insane. I've never heard of that happen before. So that is craziness. That is the definition of craziness. I like it. So your slug was right. Craziness at the Ram Masters, Colorado State winning that event. But the headliner for the men this past week, Olympia Fields. Stanford, they don't only win, they win by 12. Michael Thor Bjornsson picks up a victory as well. Clean sweep for the Cardinal. Michael going to be joining us in just a short uh, moment from now. But you look at Stanford, nine under Florida, Illinois tied for second at three over, Arizona State four over. I think we touched on it earlier. I want to see Carl Phillips and Michael Thor Bjornsson do something. Maybe they listened to the pod. Maybe they said, we're going to shut these guys up because that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was just – it was a little interesting because, uh, you know, I, I, obviously th- there were so many storylines with so many great teams in this event. But when you look at the Stanford team, what they were able to do – I mean, there was a, a number of ways you could have gone with it, you know, if, if you were myself and writing the, the recap last Sunday night. Michael Thorbjornsson, first college win. I mean, it was – I think we were both shocked his freshman year when him and Carl combined for one top ten. He didn't have any. I know it was shortened because of, of the pandemic and all of that, but I was very shocked by that. Three years later, he's one of the best amateurs in the world, finally gets that first college win, and he's been very consistent. I mean, he was a second-team All-American last year. But there's something to be said for getting over that hump and finally breaking through. We saw it on the professional level on the PGA Tour this spring with Scotty Scheffler and what kind of he was able to do after he won in Phoenix. I mean, he goes on and wins, you know, the Masters and the match play and all of these events, you know, makes the President's Cup team. So I, I, I ex- anticipate something similar at a college level for Michael, but then also with this team, Carl Phillips, and you talk about the finger injury that was very serious. You talk about the last time we saw him at the U S amateur a few weeks ago when he was in that playoff to get in a match play. And he just laid the sod over about 150 yard shot and hit it about uh, maybe 80. <laughs> maybe we've all, 90. we've all been, we've all been there. 
Yeah. And so, but it was, it's just interesting because you just never expect a player of Carl's caliber, caliber to hit a shot like that in that kind of pressure situation. But it's good to see that he's bounced back from that. And finally, Stanford. I mean, this squad has continually, um, I don't want to call it up and down, but they're, they're good has been really good. I mean, we talked about winning the 2019 NCAA team title on the back of that really hot spring that they had a a few years back. We look at last fall where they won Colonial, which is along with Olympia Fields, two of the premier most loaded events of the regular season. They win there and then they come and win another event uh, over a lot of great teams. I mean, they beat North Carolina, who was the preseason number one team in the country, by 32 shots. Uh, So this is something that Conrad Ray, their head coach, has to be super excited about. I mean, Michael's in the winner's circle. Carl's, you know, playing at a level that we expect him to do. Barclay Brown, Walker Cupper was T12. If he could just figure out, you know, maybe that fifth spot, because it looks like Ethan Ng on the back of a a T12 finish here, uh, probably has solidified his spot in the lineup for a while. If Conrad can find a, a consistent fifth score, this is a top five team in the country easily. We will talk about the reaction stock up, stock down of others and their performances just outside of Chicago. But it seems like a natural segue to introduce the medalist from Olympia Fields, Michael Thor Bjornsson. We promised he would be here. He is now here. Michael Thor Bjornsson joining us. We, we sang all your praises for your performance and what your team did, but for you individually, Michael, what did it finally mean to get over the hump and get the job done in college golf? Well, it meant a lot. Um, I've been playing some pretty good golf these past two summers. Um, managed to win the Western Am. Uh, first one in a while since junior golf. And, um, yeah, it just feels really good. I remember actually this past U.S. Am at Ridgewood, I was talking to Stu a little bit, uh, just catching up and – we ended up talking about college, kind of what that does for you um, from a golfing standpoint. And he really said that college is where um, you kind of need to learn how to win. And I took that to heart. I, I think that's a very important thing, um, so, something you definitely got to get comfortable doing and learning how to do it. So just getting that first one under my belt in our first um, college event of the season definitely feels good. Where was your level of frustration considering all the success you had heading into Stanford? You referenced the victories uh, in the summers away from college golf. What were the things that really got under your skin when it got back to college golf of, gosh, why, why aren't I doing what I know I'm capable of getting done? Um, I wouldn't say uh, I was getting too frustrated. I had a couple second place finishes last year. Um, I guess it doesn't hurt so much when I'm losing by or coming in second by five or six strokes. But, um, I mean, I know my, my time was coming. I feel like I'm in a good spot with my game, and it's just only a matter of time before I break through. Yeah, Michael, you have a, a wealth of resources at Stanford, whether it's your head coach, Conrad Ray, or your teammates. But kind of across the hall, Rose Zhang is – not only the top ranked amateur women's amateur in the world, but one of the best women's amateurs of all time. You've talked in the past about kind of what you've learned from her. Uh, but 
you know, just kind of maybe talk for our, for our viewers who, who may not have, have heard that. I mean, what, what is, how is Rose Zhang and being around her almost every day, how has that improved your golf game? Oh, it's, it's helped and improved my golf game a lot. Um, just spending time with her, getting to know her as a person more too. I mean, I always forget that she's in the class below me. Uh, it always feels like when I'm talking to her that I'm talking to someone that's a lot older than me and has a lot more experience. Um, so just surrounding yourself with that. And I mean, she's obviously an exceptional golfer. So I'm just always picking her brain about different things. Just like, um, I don't know, like how she even manages her, her time um, away from golf, like with schoolwork and everything. I'm just learning everything from her. Um, from a golf standpoint, she has a very, an unbelievable swing uh, mechanics wise and everything. So I pick her brain a couple of times on the range, or if I have a problem, I'll have her take a look at it. Um, and just everything she, the way she composes herself on the golf course, I've played a couple rounds with her last year. Um, uh, during the school year just for practice. Um, and then we paired up together in Geneva uh, for the Arnold Palmer Cup. So that was really cool. And she, what she thinks is her strongest part of the game is her consistency. And I'd have to agree. I mean, she says she's not the longest or the straightest driver or the best iron player, but, or the put, best putter or whatever. But I mean, I think she's the best in every single aspect of the game, but the way she approaches each and every shot and each and every course is something that I've tried to apply to my game um, these past few months or this past year, just kind of playing with like no regrets, like at the end of the round, thinking back like, Oh, I should have done this. Like that was a lot smarter or why did I hit this club? Like it makes no sense. So just really making sure I go through my whole, pre-shot routine correctly and really thinking through every single um, part of the shot. Now, Rose is undoubtedly wise beyond her years, but she's also a kid at heart. We, we had her on this podcast about a year ago and we, Burko, her and I really went deep on Halloween candy. So she, you know, she still has a little, <laughs> still has a little bit of kid in her, but speaking of, well, not speaking of candy, but speaking of the opposite of that working out, I, I know as a college athlete, that's a big part of your routine is getting in the gym, taking care of your body. Is there a particular workout that you're really high on right now? Or what's the hardest workout that you're doing currently? Um, probably right. I, I'd say that that answer would change throughout the year. Um, over the summer and beginning of the school year, I'd say lo anything lower body. It's probably going to be the most difficult just because over the summer, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really, focus on lower body too much um but yeah i guess at uh last week at olympia i was i think every morning the week before and during that week at the tournament carl and i went to the gym um at like 6 six thirty in the morning just before our rounds and i just got a quick pop in and that really helps me personally just because i mean i'm big into sw into swing and everything so Knowing, knowing and feeling exactly where my body is um, helps a lot, being able to hit the ball straight. And, yeah, just having that muscle awareness after that pump. So just doing, I don't know, rows or something or um, 
just like bench press, just ba- basic, basic stuff um, really gets the job done. Who, who bench presses more, uh, you or Carl? Oh, definitely. Uh, probably Carl. Yeah, definitely Carl. I'd say Carl is, he's built like a tank. He can't, I can't compete against him. I'd say squats too. He's, he's got you in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you see my legs and you see his, it's, it's not really close. See, I knew Michael, you and I were very similar because during the summers, I stay away from the lower body leg work yeah. too. In addition, the upper body as well. When you get to my age, you just <laughs> hope to get out of bed. You run your three to five miles a day. Now in a race, a cardio race, I, I'm thinking we, we might have something going on there. But in terms of the weight room, Brentley knows uh, I, I'm a cardio guy. We, we can't go with the bulk, right? Right, Brentley? Uh, yeah, well, I'm also that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I still have PTSD from our, our little hit at the Augusta National Women's Amateur this year where I looked about 800 pounds sitting next to you, so <laughs> – uh, that that was motivation to start getting back and running and swimming and playing some basketball. You know, that's what I try to do. I try to inspire people at every level uh, with that. But as we get back on point here, not completely off the rails, uh, Michael, you know, Brentley was asking about Carl and, and what you guys do. How would you describe the relationship as you guys are somewhat connected from starting at Stanford to him on the bag abandoned for you a couple of years ago for the U.S. Amateur. It seems at least from the outside in, you guys are Laurel and Hardy, you know, heckle and Jekyll. What is that relationship like day in, week out that a lot of people don't get to see? Um, I, I, I think Carl and I, we've been really close friends for, hmm, I'm 21 now. Wow. So 10 years, I'd say. Um, we've had, uh, I guess during the beginning of those 10 years um, he, he's been traveling a lot that's why I, I didn't really see him that much at junior events but senior year is when it really um, that friendship strengthened he spent like three four months at my house during quarantine and then see a lot of him over the summer and I don't know basically like while we're at school or just in general now like he's basically like my brother like we spend our whole days together now he's not um we're not roommates this year he's in the room just above mine on the floor above mine so i mean i still see him every single day i mean we're after this phone call we are going to the gym together so it's very nice we push each other we help each other out in the best um ways that we can and we both come from pretty similar backgrounds and have very similar interests and goals so it's always nice to have someone along for the journey now, going from friends to family, and you, you have three sisters, is that right? Right. And they all play golf. But do you, do you have any interests or hobbies because you have three sisters? I mean, is there anything that uh, maybe people wouldn't expect you to be into or, or like to do um, that's maybe a byproduct of, of uh, you know, being amongst, you know, your three sisters? Um, probably. <laughs> I can't really think of anything right now um they we've spent a lot of time away from each other um just because of living situations family stuff all that but um I just I don't know just spending time with them now just like being in their presence is nice Uh, I used to watch a lot of their basketball games up uh in Wellesley Massachusetts when we were all living together 
So I guess that's one thing um, that we kind of bond over. Like we'd play basketball a lot together when we were younger. And um, just even now they, like when we are together, uh, we'll, I'll go with my little sister, Teresa, to the driving range um, uh, with my dad. That's what we did this past summer, which was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, your, your dad's name is Ted, but I'm looking at your Stanford bio. Is this name really Thorbjorn Thorbjornson? Yes, it is. That's which just... would make you Thorbjorn's son, like Thorbjorn's, like it's just right. a, that, it's that's, a big That's what tongue. that last name is. Yeah, Thorbjornson. Yeah. So, so it's that's... like my, my last name translates to the son of a thunder bear. So, Whoa, the son and, of a uh, thunder bear. Well, we, we, we knew the, the thunder bear translation because of Thorbjorn Olsen. Right. But that's so interesting. That, the, the son at the end is son of. So we're stu- was- and you're stuck with Burko and Brentley. But that, you know, just to, you know, maybe change the subject just a little bit. Um, you know, the, the big thing in college golf right now is name, image and likeness. And you're obviously kind of at the center of that as one of the, the game's kind of preeminent stars. Uh, just want to kind of get your thoughts on on how that has improved maybe your college experience at all or or maybe what your take on it is. Yeah, I mean, I think NIL is great, obviously. Um, um, I, I don't know if benefiting is the right word to say or to use, but it definitely helps a lot just with expenses, especially over the summer with all the travel that us golfers are doing, flying almost weekly. Um, just kind of relieve some stress, not really having to worry about the financial part of golf. And that's something that I guess my family has struggled with a little bit in the past four years or so. Um, so just now being able to play in any tournament I want and go to any tournament I want helps a lot, as well as I guess it incentivizes um, student athletes to stay in school a little longer. I guess some people might feel the need to turn pro to get that early paycheck or those deals. And um, now I can still enjoy my time at school while not having to worry about the financial part. And you're a whoop guy too, right? You've I got, am a whoop uh, guy. Yeah, unless he gets whoop out of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're the, the, the son of a thunder bear, right? You, you, you got to have a, a, a whoop understanding. How has that changed maybe your perspective of, of preparation recovery? Has it had any impact that you've seen so far? Yeah, it's definitely had an impact. I'm, I mean, I think this past year I was talking to coach or even at the beginning of um, like or a couple of weeks ago, we have one-on-one meetings and stuff like that. And one thing that I said that I'm trying to improve on that, I've been learning a lot about over the summer in the past years. Like I really want to improve my mental and physical just self in general. Cause I mean, I can't like my body's my job. Basically I need my body to perform well. So treating my body like a temple is something that I've, I'm, I'm trying my best to do. And whoop definitely helps with that. Just even if I, I guess the data, like the recovery, um, ratings that you get or recovery scores that you get say, say they are right or aren't right or, or whatever. Um, like it really, it forces me to go to bed early. It keeps me on my toes about like what I'm eating, all the exercise that I'm getting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's forcing good habits on me. 
See, Brentley, you just found your inspiration to treat your body like a temple. This is all. I, I don't want to get a whoop because I, I don't want to get a whoop because I'm afraid of what it would say every morning. I feel like I don't want to know. I think it was Colin Morikawa who just talked about this. Like, I almost don't want to know if I've had like 10% recovery. Yeah, yeah, it, it's stuff like that where if you do get a 10% recovery, it's like, oh, I I felt great that morning waking up, yeah. but. I got a different rating or score than what I thought I would get. So I don't really let that get to me too much, but it, it, it's still very helpful. Yeah. Brentley and I are more field players. We don't get caught <laughs> up in the uh, semantics. I don't know about that. Well, I, I, I would. I'm not a player at all. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just I a would guy. be devastated to see with a six and eight year old what my whoop recovery would look like. So I don't even want oh, to go boy. there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, before we let you go, word on the street is you're a big video game guy. Give me your, <laughs> your, your favorite games to play when you have a chance. Okay. Um, I guess it's kind of changing a little bit now, but um, all of last year, the past three years, Warzone, Call of Duty has been probably my top game. Um, towards the end of last year, um, kind of shifted over to 2k golf just so that everyone um on the golf team can can play uh it's it's been a lot of fun i mean it carl and i play warzone a lot so we're kind of just a lot better than everyone else so it's not really that much fun playing uh but yeah we kind of transitioned over this year to i bought a nintendo switch for the team so we've been playing a lot of mario kart Ah, it's very heated yeah yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and then this new game uh called fall guys which i can't really describe it's almost like wipeout in a way but um yeah those are the games that i've been playing uh recently i love it because santa claus got my six and eight year old nintendo switches last year and oh great i'm ashamed to say my eight-year-old probably is the best one in the house and, and <laughs> my my wife and i are fairly competitive so i can relate to that brentley i know you wanted to throw a few games at michael to see if there was uh any any flavor uh in in his time of, of maybe going old school yeah so i mean he he did say he's 21 so i would probably guess that that you'll probably bat about 500 here but have you ever played donkey kong country on n64 uh I can't, I, I don't know. I remember playing some sort of Donkey Kong, like monkey ball flying thing on the GameCube when I was little. Um, I'm not no, sure that, if that's that what counts. you're talking That's close. About, what, but... what about GoldenEye 007? No, no. <laughs> I, I it didn't really get to, my, I never got an Xbox or I didn't get an Xbox until probably my junior year of high school. My parents kind of kept that away from me, knowing that I would kind of just play video games the whole day. Well, this 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 <laughs> this predates Xbox, so so I I really feel old now. All right, last one. Um, well, I, I got two more actually. Uh, Roller coaster tycoon. It sounds familiar, but I have not played it. No. <laughs> and then finally, in this one, you'll you probably have played before. Right? This is the game that I'm really high on right now: Rocket League. Rocket League, yeah. I mean, I've dabbled a little bit, but 
Okay. I, I'm, I'm awful. I, I, I was it's addicted so for a while. I was addicted <laughs> for a while, but uh, all right. All right. That's, that, that's good though. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice balance. And as, as my youngsters have the Nintendo switch and I'm up in the game room, what my wife did for me a couple of years ago, since I've got both you guys by several years, pong. she, she got, got me, pong, right? she got me the old school tabletop sit down that has like 65 games from Pac-Man, Pac-Man? to Donkey yeah. Kong to Centipede. Oh, wow. So, oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's a time uh, waster. So uh, <laughs> I've gotten my boys into that. Uh, so we have the combination of games from 2022 to the old school games uh, from the 1980s. So it's, uh, you know, we've got all the decades covered uh, as we wrap up with you, my friend. Uh, always good to catch up. Congratulations, Michael, once again for your victory and helping the team uh Pick up the W as well. Continued success throughout the rest of the fall and look forward to catching up again soon. Hey, thanks, Berko and Brentley, for having me. Appreciate it. You got to take care of Michael. Thor. well, Michael. <laughs> Michael Thor Bjornsson, uh, heck of a kid. Uh, you and I have gotten to know him uh, fairly well in, in recent years. But to, I think it's what we enjoy the most, Brentley, that you can spend 15, 20 minutes talking about golf weightlifting, NIL, whoop, video games. Um, it sort of goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show of we really love it. And by the way, Michael <laughs> Forby Ornson is, I, I think his upside the next two oh. years and the next 20 years, buy, if you want to buy low, sell high, I'm thinking you buy low now, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you just look at the athleticism too and – you you put him on a short list in terms of like you said that that extreme potential with a Gordon Sargent, with a Caleb Surratt, um, but but yeah, I mean getting back to kind of us, you know, yeah, we get off the rails a little bit, but I I really think, you know, though some people might say, well, why are you asking about video games? Why are you asking about this stuff? It it it, it humanizes these guys. Not that they're you know larger than life figures. I mean they're just college kids, right? But they're really yeah. good at golf and you know, you can only talk about the golf swing and birdies and bogeys so much. And I think it's very interesting. I mean, clearly, and you could tell it in his voice, Burko, as soon as we brought the subject of video games, it it almost was like he just wanted to talk to us for like 30 minutes and just go over everything that he plays. Yeah. I Um, think he was expecting an invite to the game room up here to say, Hey, can we we play some? I mean, when, when, when you have 75 games, do you even have one game? I mean, is that, is that like the, uh, the cheesecake factory menu where, or there's just way too much stuff, you know. If you got- Legit question. You always center around the five or ten, maybe a nice run of Galaga for an hour, see how many stages you can get deep into. But uh well, see, I didn't you- know that you were a big fan of this, Burko, because oh, in 2019, in 2019, when the NCAA championships were in Fayetteville, Arkansas, there was a place called Arcadia Retrocade, and it was this huge building like in a strip mall and Lance Ringler from golf week. And I went at least Lance went about five nights. I only went two, but you go in, you pay 20 bucks at the door and there is every arcade game that's ever been created. You could buy for a dollar. You could buy a grape soda and a glass bottle. And it was a great time. I, I wish that I would have known you could have gotten, you could have procured the, the invite, but if we're at, if you're up there, I, yeah, you're going to be up there. So you should I'm going to be at the bl- Blessings uh, in a couple of weeks. I took my kids to see my folks in New Jersey this summer. 
similar type of place. You need to get a little space from grandma and grandpa. Uh, let's just put it this way. My boys and myself, we spent so much time there at the end. He's like, oh, by the way, you, you've earned a free card for your next visit. So what turned started out as an hour had me running out to the parking meter two and a half hours later to throw in more quarters. So I'm doing well, good everything. news is Arcadia Retrocade has survived COVID. Woo! It is open. They've expanded. They bought the, the place next door and you could go. It opens at 2.30 every day. Just looks it up for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, we know what I'm doing during my downtime uh, in <laughs> Arkansas. Real quick, as we promised it, stock up, stock down from Olympia Field. Um, and again, this first. is an ever-changing thing. Uh, you know, Florida, really nice. I'm going to give Illinois a yeah. home game, if you will. But to be in the mix, finish tied for second, awfully impressive. We touched on the fact, or you more importantly, that Pepperdine and Texas have to rebuild. I'm going to throw North Carolina to finish 11th, 32 shots out of first for a team that we made the arguments, one of the two best in the, uh, in the country. It's one event. Um, I need to see more from them moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Vanderbilt now is the clear-cut number one. Um, that didn't last long, lasted all of two weeks. But um, I, I think – Maybe Pepperdine, just because they did finish 11 shots worse than North Carolina. They only beat two teams. Um, William Mao tied for 60th. So I, I'm most concerned about that. I, I wrote a little bit of a takeaways column on, on Sunday, Sunday night after this tournament was over, and, and that was one of the things where I kind of answered that question. Who, who am I most concerned about out of those three, Texas, UNC, Pepperdine? I went with Pepperdine, though. You know, there's still a lot of talent there. Michael Beard's one of the best coaches in the country. They can figure it out. Uh, it's my stock up. I, it's a tie. I think Alabama um, behind Cannon Claycomb, who's had an unbelievable start uh, to this fall. They're trending. Uh, they have a lot of momentum right now. Young team, really exciting. And then Arizona State. Without David Pooge, having him turn pro, um, someone was going to need to step up. And, and you would have thought that it, it could have been Preston Summerhays, but Riggs Johnston, uh, an unbe unbelievable story, uh, really struggled last spring, um, didn't even make the six-man lineup at the NCAA championships or regionals, and I think that was even with David Pooch being hurt. Um, and all of a sudden comes out and has back-to-back -to -back top fives to start the fall. Riggs Johnston, a super nice kid, a great talent, can get really hot make a lot of birdies, I think shot 63 a couple years ago at Greyhawk in one of those rounds. Um, if if he's playing like this, um, yeah, I don't know how much they're going to miss Pooch. I mean, of course they're going to miss him. He was an All-American player. Uh, but with Riggs playing like this, they can they have withstood that or they can withstand that. And, and I think that you can't count him out. Love it. Love it as we do each and every week. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Our thanks to Michael Thor Bjornsson for spending uh, some time with us this week on the pod. And of course, thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in to listen. Hope you enjoyed it. And of course, we'll run it back right uh, same time, same bat channel, roughly. We'll be back next week on College Golf Talk. For Brentley, I'm Burko. We'll see you next time.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.